and amen. Come on, will you clap your hands in the studio? All over the world, come on, yell at your TV screen, yell at your computer and say, Jesus, bring new wine. Come on. Hallelujah. I am so excited to be standing in this sacred space this morning. I believe that the Lord has given me an assignment, and I'm just so ready to, to give you what God gave me. But before I do that, I can't go any further without first giving honor to our pastors, Dr. Darius and Pastor Shamika Daniels. Listen, y'all, I often say, you will know how much God loves you by who God sends you to. You will always know how much God loves you by who he gives you. And he has given us two of the best pastors on the face of this planet. Come on, if you believe that, drop some fire in the chat. Hallelujah. I get the, the, the privilege and the honor to uh, kind of conclude this uh, series, Tis the Season. And, um, you know, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays, and it's all about giving. And to some people, it's all about getting. And to some people, it's the season to be jolly, and it's the season to be happy. But for me, the Christmas season is all about what I'm able to give away. It's, it's like I grew up with nothing, and so for me, when I, when I started getting something, I got a little, I mean a little, a little something. When I started getting a little something, I still wanted to give it all away. And, and my prayer is that by the end of this message, you will know what you're supposed to give away today. Amen? So if, if, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. Drop some fire in the chat. I love to say that. Come on, somebody. Go with me to uh, Psalms chapter 27. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 27. For some odd reason, I feel churchy, so I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. Uh, something about King Jimmy. He, come on, somebody. He, he got some, some different words that I like. We're going to go to verse 10. Start at verse 10. And the word declares it like this. When my father and my mother forsake me... Then the Lord will take me up. Then he says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are rising up against me, and such as breath out cruelty. Watch this. Then he says this, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, here is what you got to understand about this word, unless. Unless means except if. He said, I had fainted except if. It is used to introduce the case in which a statement being made is not true or valid. So what he's saying is, me fainting is not true. He said, I would have fainted if it wasn't for what I believed. And there is no way we can come out of Faith University and not have faith. There is no way we can talk about tis the season to still want it and tis the season for favor and still not come out of this thing victorious. We only have five more days left in 2021. And it is my assignment to teach you from this subject. Tis the season to finish. Tis the season to 
finished. Somebody in here, somebody online, somebody around the world needs to hear this prophetic declaration. I know you feel stuck, but it's the season to finish. <laughs> Woo! Let's get into this word. Watch this. Family, allow me to help you today by bringing awareness to something you may not have considered about your life. And that is, as our pastor says, the scriptures are clear on this, that most of what you want is going to take longer than you want it to. I need to start out by helping you understand that most what you want, everything you desire is going to take longer than you want it to. Now watch this. I'm coining this phrase simply to emphasize the often understated and undervalued power of this word called patience. It is understated. It's underused. It's undervalued. This word patience. Everybody knows and have heard this phrase. Patience is a virtue. But what happens when that is a virtue you struggle to possess? It's one thing to say patience is a virtue. It's a whole nother level when you realize it's a virtue I ain't got. Bad English, but it made so much sense. It's a, it's, a, it's a virtue that I don't have. And you need to understand that the God that you serve, when it comes to patience, he don't let trials and tests back up off of you. He actually allows them to intensify to work out patience in you. James said it like this. Now, watch this, let patience have its perfect work. That means every time your patience is tested, it is a, uh, it is a chance for it to be working something on the inside of you. Do you hear me? Watch this. Now, all throughout scripture, we read words like wait. Uh, we, we hear stuff like in due season. We, we, what about the phrase, um, at the appointed time. Uh, knowing that, the Bible is full of these words and phrases, we should conclude that the only way to possess some things in life is just to wait on it. It's, it's, it's just some stuff. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. I don't care how much you fast. It's some stuff you have to wait for. Now, it's a problem right up and through here because if you like me, we don't like to wait. Anybody in here, anybody online who just can be honest and say, ah, waiting just ain't what I do. I don't, I don't like to really wait. I go to a restaurant, I don't like to wait for my food. Um, when I was single, I didn't want to wait for a mate. I, I, uh, 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 we didn't want to wait. Uh, we, we have a problem with waiting, but watch this. The problem is this. That oftentimes waiting introduces us to a behavior called anxiety. And that's the real reason most people don't like to wait. Because waiting gives you anxiety. Now, here it is. Let me teach you something. Ultimately, that anxiety is driven by what and how I believe. Right? I wait. And when I'm waiting too long, it produces in me anxiety. And then ultimately, that anxiety comes from how and what I'm believing. This is important. See, whatever you believe about God will inevitably affect what you receive from God. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Whatever you believe about God 
will inevitably affect what you receive from God. My pastor says it like this. The God you see is the God you get. Watch this. This is important for you to understand. Based on an unstable belief, I argue that it is possible to have received something from God and not even know it. Based on, hear me, an unstable belief, it's, it's possible for God to have given you what you've asked for and you not even know it. Y'all hear what I just said? Based on your own unstable belief, God could have came through already. He could have given you what you asked for. And you don't even know it. How so? Because possession happens when awareness is activated. Y'all are not here today. Possession only happens when my awareness is activated. It does me no good to know I have a weapon and not be aware of it. It does me no good to have a weapon and not know how to use it. It does me no good to have a weapon and not understand that it came from God. My awareness affects how and when I am able to possess. Watch this. Yes, it is quite possible that you can have something and not be aware of it. And whatever you possess is powerless if you're unaware of it. Simply put, here's a sticky statement. Your belief will always produce a behavior. Help me, watch this. Your belief will always produce a behavior. Okay? Your belief will always produce a behavior. In Psalms 27 in the NIV, it reads like this. I shall remain confident. That is a behavior produced by what David believed. And most of us don't have confidence because we don't believe. Now you mean to tell me you went through 137 installments of Faith University and you still don't believe? Could it be possible that we're living in a society full of believers that don't believe? Full of believers that do not believe. Watch this. Now I can tell whatever you believe based on how you behave. Here it is. So now we understand that the process of waiting has a tendency to produce in us anxiety. But left unchecked, that same anxiety morphs into this behavior I want to deal with today called fainting. This, this anxiety when you just deal with it. I'm just anxious. I, I just, I'm just feeling a certain type of way when, when you don't check it, when you don't deal with it, it has a tendency to morph into this thing called fainting. And I understand because I've been there. But help me, watch this. I am not I, I don't want to talk about nobody who says they deal with anxiety. I get it. I understand that there are chemical imbalances in people. I get it. However, my Bible tells me to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, make my request made known 
This is just what I'm, I, I heard. I, I know some people take medicine. I take word. I, 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 it's something about God's word saying, hey, hey, I know you're feeling that, but don't be anxious for nothing. Because what is anxiety? It is my ability to not have control. It's anxiety. Yeah, I, when something happens that you can't control, you start bugging. But can I help y'all? This ain't even in my notes. Your life being out of control is the best space for it to be in when you're dealing with God. Because when I'm out of control, it says somebody else can take control. The problem is who I start to give my control to. Uh, let me help. Let me get there. I'm almost, I'm almost there. Watch this. Now, what do I mean by fainting? Fainting, I mean losing sight. Uh, fainting, I mean losing focus. Fainting, I mean feeling weak. I mean giving up. I mean living in a state of constant confusion. It is fainting. Touch somebody and say, don't faint. Don't faint. Put it in the chat. Don't faint. Now watch this. Now what is fainting by definition? Fainting is noted as a loss of consciousness for a short period of time because of a temporarily insufficient supply of oxygen to the brain. It is, did y'all hear what I just said? It is known as a loss of consciousness, I feel God, for a short period of time. Uh, I only lose consciousness for a short period of time because of a temporarily insufficient supply of blood, of oxygen to my brain. Now here it is. That's in the physical. Let me give you the definition in the spiritual. Spiritual fainting is noted as a loss of consciousness for a period of time due to a temporary insufficient supply of faith in my spirit. I'm fainting because I have insufficient faith for the task. And I don't need no medicine. I don't need no counselors. I don't need no three-step programs. I feel something pushing me. All I really need is a little more faith. It's important. It's important. Watch this. And the enemy likes to creep in right about here. He creeps in. Well, I don't know if y'all was, I was aware when he was talking, Faith University, he talked about this thing and the Lord showed me, the enemy creeps in right when you start having faith fatigue. Oh, come on. The enemy is not messing with you as long as you crunking. You got faith for the journey and I'm believing God for this and I'm it's, it's what happens when it don't happen. It's what happens in you when, when, when it's a prolonged thing. The enemy creeps in right around here. Watch this. You got faith fatigue. And what happens is you get tired. You're stressed. You're stretched too thin. You're overwhelmed. You're burned out. You're feeling unappreciated. You're heartbroken. You're feeling alone. You feel unseen. And you are about to faint. You are right on the edge of giving up. 
But the Lord told me to tell you that you only have five more days to increase your faith so that you make sure you don't carry this faith less year into a faith full year. Y'all are not hearing me. This is prophetic, so that means you got you to gotta reach that. You got to grab it. God is saying you got five more days. And can I help you? He can still do it in the next five. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Todd preached this message called, I still want it. And in five days, can that still be your posture that says, God, you have not done it in 361 days. But I'm still believing that in the next five, you can do more than what you could have done all 361. I don't, I don't know who I'm talking to, but it is important for you to understand faith fatigue. Faith fatigue. I am talking to a church full of people who are ready to faint. You ready to, you may not tell nobody. You may not look like it. You know how to smile and giggle and kiki ha ha in front of everybody. But the truth of the matter is, in a room full of people, you ready to faint. You're ready to give up. You're ready to throw in the towel. Community is not working. Prayer is not working. Fasting is not working. You are ready to give up. And I heard the Lord say, you got the ball in your hands. Please don't fumble on the two-yard line. Don't fumble on the two-yard line. Watch this. The hard part about this is, you can have faith and still faint. Yeah, you can have faith and still faint. Why can this be a thing? Because there are no markers for how close you really are. So, so, so you don't even know you're probably five days away from a breakthrough. But because nobody told you hang on in there for five more days, you will throw in the towel way before it's time to. What do you do when there are no markers? Will you still sprint when you don't know where the finish line is? Or will you start jogging? Ah, uh, That's what happens when you believe. It's all about what I'm able to push myself to. Can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I give somebody a prophetic word? What you're going through in your life doesn't require you to do anything but endure. I don't know who I'm talking to. All you got to do is sit there and endure it. But the problem is you keep talking about what you're going through. You need to change that to talking about what you're growing through. It's important. It's important. Please don't tell me you went through all of that and you didn't learn nothing. Faith, fatigue, watch this. What makes this difficult is spiritually you can be close and not even know it. But this is not the season to faint. This is the season to finish. 
And so right now, I want to prophetically declare and declare to you, watch this, that you will finish. And not only will you finish, you will finish well. Y'all missing me. It's one thing to finish. It's a whole nother thing to look up there at the clock and know that you finished well. Somebody need to grab onto this word. Not only will I finish, but I am going to finish well. Watch this. Notice in our text, though, David's poetry points us to the reason he does not faint. He points us to a reason he does not faint. He said his reason was because he believed. What did he believe? He said, I believed I would see. Now, here it is. This is where I'm about to, all of y'all is about to go over your head. He said, I believed I would see. He didn't say a house. He didn't say a car. He said, I believe I'm just going to see his good. Just his goodness is enough. If he's just good, I'm good. If he's good, it's good. If he's good, that's good. I just want to see his goodness. And he says, his goodness was enough for me not to faint. I, I, I know a house may be enough for you not to faint. But is his goodness enough for you just to not faint? May his goodness be enough. Watch this. See, faith is necessary. Because what you change in your mind may not always change in your life. This is why faith is necessary. Because you can shift your mind about some stuff and that's cool. But when you shift your mind and it don't shift in your life, what do you do? The only thing you can do is have faith. Faith becomes the fuel for what you believe. It becomes the fuel. Faith says... Uh, I don't, your mind says, I don't see it changing. Faith says, but it's going to work out for my good. Your mind says, I don't see it yet. Faith says, I don't have to see to believe. Right. See, in, in the Hebrew context, watch this. They say faith as, not I will understand and then I will do. It is I will do, then I will understand. It is the faith that says, I don't need reasoning to make a step. Okay, let me get out of here. Watch this. Now you got to change your mind and understand how important your faith is. Hebrews 6 and 12, the Apostle Paul tells us like this. Don't become lazy or slothful, but rather follow after those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Watch, watch this. This is the, uh, this is the only reason why I chose Psalms 27. So that you can see David's example. Because Paul tells us all you need is to see somebody winning. And then you can win. Paul said all you need to do is see somebody getting it in and you can get it in. So David shows us what he does when he's ready to faint. He does one thing, y'all. He believes. And what he believes produces a behavior. Ah, 
what he believes starts to produce a behavior. Now he starts acting like he believes. Now he starts worshiping like he believes. Now he starts sowing like he believes. He starts praising like he believes. It's nothing worse than being in a room full of people who praise like they don't believe. Who worship like they don't believe. I often ask myself, am I the only one in here who just believes God can do anything? Tis the season to finish, to finish well, to finish strong, to finish your race. Notice I said your race, not theirs, yours. The worst thing you can do at the end of this year is start looking at where everybody else is. There is nothing worse than hearing somebody say, I should have been further alone than that. I'm 35 and I still ain't got. But my question is, who told you that was the measure of success? I'm trying to find out who said followers equals success. Are y'all, I mean, are y'all here? Who says stuff equals success? I know a lot of rich, miserable people. And God is saying, what will happen if I start to let you in on this secret that the reason why I'm withholding it from you is because I want you to want me more than you want it. Uh Uh-huh. That man, that woman, I want you to want me more than you want it. That, that, That promotion, I want you to want me more than you want it. Because people will come to church and pray for a job and then use the job as an excuse not to come to church. It's important. Watch this. So I know that you may be asking, well, how do you suggest I finish? And because this is a teaching house, I just happen to have a few points. How do you finish? Number one, you have to stabilize your belief. You got to stabilize it. You have to make your belief get you together. Somebody in here... Uh, is only a, a stabilization away, help me, from seeing the manifestation of God's goodness. You just need to get a little stable. Watch this. Because your belief produces a behavior, your belief should producing you stability. Okay, number two, watch this. Sometimes you just need to faith it till you make it. You just got to faith it till you make it. It ain't good, but act like it's good. It ain't done, but act like it's done. I'm not rich, but act like you rich. You got to faith it until you make it. Right? Because you got to realize what you see isn't what God sees. Number three. (laughs) David also says sometimes you got to encourage yourself. He said in Psalms 27, I would have fainted had I not believed. And then in 14, he says, now I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to wait till he says what he's going to say to me. Encourage yourself. Last but not least, here it is. Are y'all ready for this? Probably one of the most important points you will ever hear for the remainder of this year. Point number four, refer back 
to the teachings in Faith University. I come to serve notice to somebody, you don't need no more words. You don't need no more preaching. You don't need no more fanfare. You don't need an event. You don't need no more services. All you gotta do is refer back to the teachings of your pastor. This, I got, I got five days. Go listen to the whole series all over again and see if it won't last you five more days. Uh, it is important, hear me, to understand that your pastor is not preaching sermons to be cute. That your pastor has an assignment from God to get you from point A to point B. It's important for you to understand you don't need anything else because God has already equipped you with everything you need for your next. And if you don't have it, you don't need it to get where God is calling you to go. If you don't have it, hear me, you don't need it to get where God is calling you to go. Now, I understand that the only reason I'm even preaching this message is because somebody is about to faint. You about to throw in the towel. How you gonna quit in the middle? It's like being on the operating table I heard pastor say this, and right in the middle of the mess, you want to try to get off the table. That's when you die. Watch this. It's only hard because in order for God to take up residence in your life, he doesn't jump in your life and push stuff down. He brings stuff up so that it can come out, and then he takes up residence. So if it's coming up and it's coming out, you are in the best place you could possibly be for God to dwell with inside of you. Somebody's about to faint. Listen, 2021 was the hardest year of my life. Literally. I feel like I've been grieving all year. It's like I'm grieving this and I'm grieving that. And I didn't think I was supposed to grieve that, but now I'm grieving that. And then I lost this person and I lost that person. And I'm a little sensitive. So even when I look on the news and see people dying, I grieve them and don't even know them. It's just been grief. A whole lot of reasons to say, I'm done. I quit. I give up. But I'm always reminded that I am supposed to be conformed to the image of his son. And Jesus went through way worse and did not quit. It's like, uh, I'm ready to get out of this marriage. Well, do your marriage look like Jesus yet? He's not done. I'm ready to quit this job. Well, what does your job, do you look like Jesus yet? He's not done. You cannot erroneously assume that because things are wrong, it ain't right. We cannot assume that just because it's wrong, it's not right. 
this is temporary. It's temporary. And you have what it takes to fix it. I want to pray for you this morning. This right here, man, is not something that I'm just speaking. It's something that I have to walk out daily. Like, Lord, I, I'm trying to finish. And let me help somebody. Set your own pace. This is your race. Set your own pace. Don't look to your left nor to your right to try to match somebody else's pace. Set your own pace so that it can be realistic for you to finish what you started. I decree and declare that you will finish. And you will finish strong. And you will finish well. And you will finish with that. And you will finish with them. And you will finish with it. You will finish because when Jesus got done with what he was doing, he said something that sounds a little bit like this title. He said, it is finished and may that be the posture of your heart that at the end of this year you can look at where you've been and say to it it is finished Father I pray now that your people will have the faith to finish I pray, Lord, that we would learn not to lean into our own understanding, but in all our ways, not some of our ways, but all of our ways, we will learn to acknowledge you and let you direct our paths. When our sin finds us out, help us to finish. When things don't change, help us to finish. When it don't feel good, help us to finish. When it doesn't look like the end is close, help us to finish. And Father, though we have no markers, may we be able to trust you even when we can't trace you. Be with us now in Jesus' name and let this word be so that we shall finish. And may our heart's posture be like the woman whose son was sick on her way to visit the prophet. And when the servant asked her, is everything well? May our response be like hers, that it is well. In Jesus' name, amen.